Point Guard is a production of iHeartRadio. I throw it over my neck. I shoot it and I start running the other way. I didn't watch it go in. Yeah. The steps doing, I was doing that in 1998 sure. and turning before the crowd lost. I got that on video. So there's so many plays. and girls, dogs and cats, animals and pets, people, my people, welcome to the Point God Podcast Show, presented by Slick, iHeartMedia is the label, I'm your host, Baron Davis, a.k.a. Boom Dizzle, a.k.a. B. Diddy, a.k.a. Too Easy. And the Point Guy Podcast Show is a show that goes into the minds of the originals. What does it mean to be a point guy? Someone who has God-given talent and leadership, creativity, vision, um, you know, uh, uh, artistry, right? The thinkers, the doers, the scorers, the creators, right? The masterminds behind the game. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is a special one. Hailing from Seattle to LA, to Seattle, to LA, back to Seattle. The doctor of funk, the king of bop, the lean, mean machine with the range, the in-between, the best with finesse, hand on a string, basketball on a yo-yo, a painter, an artist, a visionary, a real life in 3D moment, an icon maker, and one of the most incredible human beings you will ever get to know, an almanac. An encyclopedia of information. The inspector gadget of moves. The pathfinder. The king of pop, ladies and gentlemen. Jamal Crawford. Hey, hey, D. That is the best intro I've ever heard in my life. Come on, dude. Come on. <laughs> in life, bro. Hey, come on. I said, I said boom, boom, not a flow. I know I heard about him when he used to go and stay on the back of the bus rapping. So I know his flow is like that. But he's doing this all the time. Of the come on, dude. It's the inspiration. I'm inspired. Man. I'm inspired by greatness, man. What's up, Jamal Crawford? Ladies bro, and gentlemen, you, it's you. you. It's you. Hey. This bro, show bro. is about you. 
Are you trying to get in front of us all? Yeah, 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 yeah. You already know. I know. I know you're a great interviewer. You know what I mean. I know you have uh, an incredible uh, show with Q Rich. You got a podcast. You booming, right? But this show, the Point God Podcast Show, is about Jamal Crawford. You are all humble. Right. You know what I mean. Uh, you are curious. But today, I get to be you. I get right. to ask you the questions. And Fair you enough. get to tell our audience, my fans, our fans, who the king of bop is and how did you become the king of bop? Oh, my God. I've been waiting for this, dude. I've been waiting for this. I don't Me even too. have questions, bro. This is what I'm going to say. This is the intro because my producer, he's a great guy, and he took the time to write it up. From Seattle, Washington, attended the legendary Rainier Beach High School, won the 1998 state championship, attended Michigan University, drafted eight overall in the 2000 draft by the Cavs, three-time six-man of the year, the proprietor of being the, uh, what is it? The consummate teammate. The understanding and the understanding that you don't need to start to finish. Being a finisher. Oh my gosh. Come on, man. Talk to me about, talk to me about the young Jamal Crawford. Right? Like, what happened? When did it happen? You know what I mean? Like, when did the light dawn on you? When did you say, like, this is me. I'm basketball. Everything I need is here because you exude that. So at what age, you know what I mean, that, like, you catch on to the game? And what 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 triggered that? So my, my dad played. He was all city at Dorsey. Kevin. And when you – was all city in LA at that time. It was equivalent to being just all American because that was the best league in the country. He's all city. You know what I mean? He's telling me stories all the time. So he always played. I was actually named after Jamal Wilkes. I don't think I've ever said that. Oh, no, wow. I was named after Jamal Wilkes. Yeah, yeah. I was named after Jamal wow. Wilkes. And so, yeah, my dad went from Dorsey to, to Oregon. Okay. And he actually played with Kevin Love's dad at Oregon. Got it. Met my mom up in the Pacific Northwest. And here I am. It's, I can remember I was two years old and I always had a basketball with uh-huh. Always. Uh-huh. I had a basketball and some candy. Uh-huh. And it's weird, that I, it's weird that I talk a lot now because when I was a kid, I didn't say nothing. I just used to watch everything. Yeah. I watch everybody, watch the movement. I'm just watching. And so my sister tells me stories. I'm three, four years old. And she'd take me to the high school. I think I was four or five. She'd take me to her high school. And, you know, I'm youngest. And they would take me to the gym. I'm shooting shots on the 10 foot rims wow. at four or five years old and making them. So even her little friends and dudes was like, man, he going to be something. He's going to be all right. Fast forward to I'm eight years old. Now it's the first time I actually go on a team. Uh-huh. So I start, I started basketball, football, and baseball at the same time on a team technically. Wow. And so eight years old, the coach is like two line layups, right? Kids trying to get it, trying to lay it up. The first time I ever touched the ball on the layup line, 
I went behind my back and I did a jelly layer. Time, we, was, we was spinning up. Oh, hey, the coach told me. I go behind the back and do a jelly. Uh, At the time, a jelly was, we called it Dipsy Do. So I got Dipsy with it. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And I made it, and the kids was looking at me like I was an alien, like, hold up. But up until that point, I had did so much work by myself. I had yeah. the bar. Everywhere I went, they knew they was going to see the area. Even now, you see all the people around the community, like, man, Jamal always had that basketball with Yeah. So I became I became one with the bar at an early age. It was like, I wasn't, like, formally trained, because my dad didn't train me. My yeah. dad actually kind of pushed me away from it. We'll get into that later. Uh-huh. But... I saw everything was on my own and just watching and watching and watching. I remember when I first went through my leg, I used to lift up my leg to get the ball underneath. Yeah. Like just, you know, basic spaces. But I was always in the backyard. I always found a rim. And by the time I hit like 11, I knew I was different. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm good. Like, yeah. I'm good. So I started playing with the older dudes. Like, you know, our kids, they got trainers. Yep. My trainer was the old dude who was right. drinking 40 in between games. Right. Like, no, nah, you just ain't using the ball. You got to learn to cut. You right. better make this open shot. Right. You, know I mean? you may have to wait two hours to play two games. Right. The runs did. You know what right. I mean? But, but they real basketball it's, it's, players. You know what I mean? Right, it's like, right. it's the dudes who were good enough to make it that may not have made it. You know what I mean? Growing up in the hood, and it's like you look at him and you think he a bum, but when he get on the court, you know what I mean? Off of 40 and he got skills. Man, skills to understand. Being one time, one dude was like, look, I'm so nice, I'm playing left-handed the whole day. Jumpers and everything. He right-handed, <laughs> I'm playing left-handed the whole day. I'm like, damn, so I got to work on my left hand. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm watching all this stuff. Wow. So those are my early trainers. They didn't know it. They were just telling me what they knew. But that information, I just downloaded and kept it with me. And so when I was 11, 12, 13, started having, playing with the older guys, I made school one basket in four games. But yeah. that one basket gave me confidence. Like, when I get with actual 11-year-olds, I'm going to kill them. Kill like, I'm, I'll be with older dudes. So it gave me a different level of confidence. Then I moved to L.A. And it's, I moved back to L.A. in eighth grade. And I'm, I'm coming up. I'm doing well. I'm doing all right. And I go to Dorsey, and that freshman year, I see this dude named Baron Davis. <laughs> and I saw this dude, right? And I saw him play, and I had never seen somebody that was around my age play like this, ever. And I'm like, this is the best dude I've ever seen play basketball that wasn't in the NBA at the time, or wasn't like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, he's better than college dudes I've seen. And I'm watching, and this dude... You had been on the waist. You was thin, but you could tell you had start lifting. Like, you yeah. was getting getting strong. You were getting strong. And I saw in the stuff that you were doing, it wasn't just basketball. It was like, I saw this dude. This is a true story. You asked me about. I told this story. I saw this dude. It wasn't basketball. It was like he was creating art. He was like, I'm so, I want to leave you guys speechless when you see me play. I'm yeah. this talented. I'm out of this world good. I'm going to leave no doubt that I'm the best player. And I seen Shea Cotton, he was a mint child. I seen yeah. Kenny Brewer, yeah. he was the coach. But I was never going to be Shea Cotton size. You know what yeah. I mean? I wasn't going to be Kenny Brewer size. This yeah. Baron Davis, he kind of fit in my, my realm yeah. of the way I wanted to play, the way I wanted to make it look when I played. So I go watch him. Boom. Okay, I'm not on his level. So let me keep getting better. Let me keep getting better. Let me keep getting better. Let me keep working. Have some success. Play for Converse B-ball. Mm-hmm. A little bit in the AU scene. You yeah. know what I mean? Just around. Playing the white summer leagues, playing all that stuff. 
people don't know, I wasn't even eligible in high school. I was running around so tough. Yeah. I made varsity as a freshman and wasn't eligible to play. Yep. Because my grades, I'm running around tough and uh, just watching that, watching that, and I got introduced to the LA scene and then we'll pause it there. Yo, 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 we gotta tap in real quick. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. So tough. Yeah. I made varsity as a freshman and wasn't eligible to play. Yep. Because my grades, I'm running around tough and uh just watching that, watching that, and I got introduced to the LA scene and then we'll pause it there. Yeah. That you you already know. But and and, and even before uh like the uh high school probation, you was going back and forth from LA yeah. to Seattle. You know what I mean? Yeah as, 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 yeah, as a young Jamal with the basketball. So, like, talk a little bit about that. Like, just as a young kid going from, all right, I'm living in L.A. for two years. I'm living in Seattle. Like, yes. like what was that like just adjusting? You know what I mean? And 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 how, how critical was basketball for you in, in, in that time? Well, see, basketball was the one constant. So – my mom and my two sisters were in Seattle and my the rest of my family. My dad and my grandma, his mom, were in L.A. When I was in eighth grade, even before eighth grade. So I'm going back and forth. I'm in Seattle. Fourth, fifth grade, I moved to L.A. with my dad and grandma. Yeah. Fifth through eighth grade, I moved back to Seattle. But now when I come back to Seattle, I'm coming in the house I'm coming to the house one in the morning. Yep. I'm in eighth grade, seventh grade. I'm coming to the house when I feel like it. I'm in the house. Yep. And so being on the streets, I learned a lot. But my mom was like, look, you got to go back with your dad because I can't control you. Yeah, it's like, also, so dad, like your story, bro, is like boys in the hood. Yeah. No, no, no your story my- is the basketball boys in the hood. All right, so mom is like, all right, dude, you tripping. You going you back tripping. to L.A. Right. You're going back to LA. Yep. And I wasn't going, but my dad and grandma came to physically get me. Like, no, you're going. Yeah. It's like, you don't get exposure out here. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. And I'm like, man, and it's funny you say that. Me, I'm, Dang, you just brought back a crazy mirror. My sister said that when it happened. She's like, you're like boys in the hood. You're going yeah. too bad now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I, I went back with him and he's like, it's going to be good for you. And I didn't want to go. But my mom couldn't control. My mom and dad never stayed in the same house. Mm. To this day, I've never seen them stay in the same house. I was either living with one or I was living with the other. Yeah, it was back and forth. Mm -hmm. And so when I went with him and my grandma, that's when I learned about going to church. That's when I learned about having chores. That's Mm -hmm. when I learned. It felt like for me, I was in jail because I'm coming from all this freedom to all that. But even with all that, basketball was the one constant. I slept with my basketball. Yep. Like I, my, when I flew on a plane, the basketball was my one carrier. Yep. Like so, it that was the one constant. No matter where I was going, friends changed, people changed, but the basketball is the one thing that always made me okay. Yeah, and, and Seattle is different than LA. It's totally at different. that time. You know what I mean? Like you can probably stay out at one o'clock in the morning in Seattle, right? But right. in LA, you know what I mean? Now, and and, and I don't think people know this either. Jamal Crawford wasn't the nicest person, <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> kind of growing up, you know what I mean? But, like, talk about – because, like, dog, you it, it, like, to me, you you are the rose that grew from concrete, you know what I mean? Like, right, you right. are the – like, you, you, you're like you're, – you're the reason 
You feel what I'm saying? Like, there's people right. who have played professional and come out of Seattle and, you know, have had big impact, but you are 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 the reason. You dig what that's, I'm saying? A, because you're, that's a, you're cut. I think how you are in L.A. Yeah. is how I am in Seattle. Bingo. And I think that's... I think that's very similar to how, how you've always, no matter where you were, New Orleans, Charlotte, uh, anywhere you were in the world, New York, Cleveland, anywhere, you, take, you was always L.A. Yeah, just like you. always yes. could reach you. Yes. You were reachable. So it's like if BD's here and he's saying I can do it, that's a whole different feel. I'm about right. to put my all into it because this is the dude and he's saying I can do this. So if he's saying he's seen it off, he's saying it, it makes it more realistic to me. It's more tangible. So now yeah. I can really go get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Whether but, that means NBA or not. Right. But but you like something happens, right? You know what right. I mean? Like and 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 for people like us, right? Because uh, and I was talking to Pooh and LB, and I had to give them their roses because they're the ones who cut through the scar tissue of having to not be a gangbanger, right. not be affiliated, right. not be a, you know what I mean? Like that right. is a like to be able to right play basketball right in LA, yeah. grow up in LA, and grow up in a neighborhood and play basketball and not be affiliated with that neighborhood in our era was just a little bit different than theirs. Totally different. And we didn't have friends. We didn't have friends at other schools. You know what I mean? In other hoods, that was the man in like it was basketball. No, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't happening. It wasn't happening. Especially between LA and Seattle. In Seattle, if you say, where are you from? They're like, oh, I'm from, you know, I'm from this part of town. I'm from Colorado. I moved here. In L.A., you say, where are you from? It's like, what set you from? Yeah. Like, where are you from? Yeah. Like, you got to, you know, we got to, we got to establish this right now. We need, like, we where need where your you location. Yeah, we need the street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where are you from? Yeah. What street are you from in this city? Yeah. And so that is a whole different dynamic. So in Seattle, it's not like you can wear any color. Yeah. It wasn't on the color thing then. Right. And LA is different politics. I remember the first day I went to Dorsey. Now I'm a freshman. I get robbed the first time I go That's to the school. Crazy. Bro, I got on a fake bracelet that I got from Disneyland in eighth grade. Yeah. I got on some blue penny hardaways. Yeah. I was out of bounds. Yeah. I was yeah. out of bounds. I was, now hey, I, you, I was all the way out of bounds. Hey, you was fresh, See? but you was almost See? too fresh. <laughs> I had Hey, I had two fresh. I had on the blue pennies Ouch. with the blue laces. Oh my god! With a blue, <laughs> with a blue Chris Webber no. jersey with a blue t-shirt no. underneath. Also, no, nobody gave him the bro, memo. <laughs> bro, he run across from the jungle. Yeah. Like, where you from? I said I'm from Seattle. He was smart enough to be like, oh okay. I, said, I just play basketball. I'm from Seattle. He's like, oh, okay. Give me your bracelet and don't ever walk around here like that again. I said, cool. Yeah. I go tell Mont Lamont Jalon, I'm like, yo, I just got robbed. Like, look what you got. Look what oh, you got. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> and the jungles the first day and, the, the doors. and the jungles are right up the hill from where you live. Training day. Yes. You know what I mean? All that, you know, all that shit. So like really like 
you know, for you, it's like, man, you have this, like, it's just like this boys in the hood, you know, kind of story from Seattle to LA, Seattle, LA. Now you're in LA. Now it's like, shit, these are, you can't stay out to one in the morning. You know what I mean? You got to navigate. You go into Dorsey, all this shit. And then, like, talk about just like, as a young Crawford, you know what I mean? In high school at Dorsey and then going back to Seattle. Yo, you know what time it is. You know, this show wouldn't be where it is if it wasn't for our sponsors. Let them have it. What happened? You know what I mean? Or like what 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 kind of steered you to go the right direction? You know what I mean? Right. So I go to Dorsey. I'm having too much fun. I'm now skipping school. And I make the team as a freshman. I make varsity as a freshman. And at that time, if you made varsity as a freshman, you was nice. Like, I made varsity as a freshman. Yeah, hell yeah. But I couldn't play because I, I had under 2.0. Truancies, tardies, all that. I couldn't play. So I'm like, damn. I thought if I was good enough in basketball, I wouldn't have to worry about the school part, right. not knowing that. I'm not even thinking about that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, okay, so that ain't how it worked. Boom, I'm like, all right, I got over two points to end the semester, so I passed my classes, but I still, I missed all basketball season. Damn. Fast, fast forward, I work on my game again, the same damn thing happens my sophomore year. Wow. I make the team and, and don't have a team. And, and, what, and what is it? Because I was I was going through the same shit at Crossroads, like tardies, unexcused. It was just... I feel like you was like too cool for school. I was way too cool. I was having too much fun. (laughs) When I went to class, I applied myself. I was cool, but it was just boring. It was boring. It was boring to me. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, man, I'm going over here. I'm going to get a haircut. I'm going to do whatever it is I do. I'm going to do some dice. Whatever it is I do. Yeah. Right? It's so, yeah, I'm like, man, I ain't tripping on that. So, same thing happens. Now, it gets to a point where I get. My attendance and stuff was so bad. Think about this, boom. You know this. Dorsey's in South Central. Yeah. Right there. They, they they want us in there. My attendance was so bad. I got kicked out of Dorsey the second part of the year. And they was like, look, you got to go to your home school. So I had to go to Morningside. Oh, my God. I had to go to Morningside to finish up that semester. He said, if you do well, you can come back. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's <laughs> how that went. That's how that went. I, it was so bad. That I had to go to the morning side because that was my home school because I lived in Inglewood to get back to Dorsey. And, and all the time you working on your game and you the whole can't time. Play. And you can't play. And I can't play. And that's when now I'm gonna tell you about the dad part of when he was like, he tried to steer me away from basketball. Mm-hmm. And so me and him got into it a lot. And it's a relationship that to this day is still a work in progress. It's yeah. much better. That was the foundation for why we were like that because he was like, all you think about is basketball. Like the chances you're making are so slim. You know what I mean? And he was nice. So he had injuries at Oregon. And what I found out later on was when he didn't make it, it broke his heart. So he didn't want me to go through that same pain. Mm -hmm. But when you're a 15 year old kid, you're like, why why aren't you supporting my dream? That's what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? And so that was the friction. So I just stayed low basketball. He's like, all you love is basketball. You don't care about nothing else. What if it don't work? Right. So I'm like, it's going to work. It's going to work. Fast forward that year at Morningside. 
And this is the airplane ticket. This ain't no electronic ticket. My sister sent me a ticket. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm going to help you run away and get back here. I'm like, what? Because I was trying to run away. Yeah. I'm going to help you get back here. Because I knew in Seattle was all the freedom I wanted. Yeah. I'm like, now I feel like I'm in jail. Yeah. I got to get out of here. Yeah. Right? So, so she sent me the plane ticket a month in advance. Every day after school, you know, you have clothes you don't wear. Every day after school, I'm taking the clothes I wear and putting them in a suitcase in the back of the yard. Only I go back there to clean up the dog poop, yeah. everything else. Yeah. So I'm packing my stuff each day. The closet still look full because half the clothes I ain't wearing anyway, but they're going to stay in here. Right. And the day, the day that the ticket came, I ran away and never looked back. And they knew once I ran, my family and my dad knew once I ran away back to Seattle, they couldn't get me back. Yeah. But it was like something clicked though. Yeah. It was like, all right, now you know you can't go to school if you don't get your grades. It was like something clicked from that point on. That's killer. And then when you go back to Seattle, turn up, state championship. You know what I mean? Because, like, I remember watching you in the Watt Summer Games and then not seeing you again until you wind up at Michigan. You know what I mean? Yeah. What? How did you get to Michigan? Like, why did you want to go to Michigan? You know, talk about that. You know, high school year in Seattle, you broke out, you became a man. You know, like, you was like a show. You know what I mean? Right. So one of my last games, and you heard it now, but one of my last games in L.A. before I left, I'm playing against you at the Punk Classic, and and you lock me up, and it was embarrassing. You do it twice in a row. <laughs> and remember, like I know who Baron Davis is. He's my hero. Yeah. And we're only a couple years apart, but he's my hero. Like I love this dude. And so I'm already mentally walking. It's almost like the first time you played against Irish. Like, yeah. I didn't see this. I didn't yeah. see AI. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm yeah. playing against him now. <laughs> That's what it was for me. And I'm like, damn. So you locked me up, ripped me twice. In a row, full court, I'm like, man, somebody else can get the ball. And it was one of the moments, like, I was embarrassed to dribble, and I could really dribble, even then. And so... Yeah, he was nice. <laughs> I lead back to L.A. No, that was... Okay, so that was two games before. The next game, I ended up playing against Todd Ramazar. And I <laughs> played against you. You came in late. Shout out to Todd. I had 30. Uh-huh. And it may be in Long Beach somewhere. Maybe at the Pyramid. I forgot yeah, what was Todd had there. a name at the time. Todd, uh, he, he had game. Yeah. He had game. I had 30. But I knew you was watching because that's your man. So you yeah. watching and you probably about to play next. I'm like, man. I'm like, B, I said 30. He's like, for real? Yeah, we had a quick conversation. I don't know if you ever remember. We had a quick conversation. I dipped. I left. I ran away like two days later, three days later, before yeah. the next tournament. Yeah. I come back to Seattle at 16 and I'm on my I'm on my mixtape mission. Yeah. Now I want I want everybody to know I'm back because they saw me as a kid. I left at five nine. I come back to six four. I got the same handle, same bop. I'm like, where's the where's the best runs in the city? And the word spread like wildfire, like wildfire. So now the city's taking notice. I go out to this one spot. It's kind of an uppy spot. I play against the Sonics on a humbug. I, I kill the Sonics. I'm Pookie Snow's guard. Me, I'm going <laughs> at him all of them, right? And so. Then the Sonics, I don't even know if it's, uh, they ain't got to like I said, it's past the statute of limitations. I start going to the Sonics facility, killing. Yeah. Killing. In high school. Right. In high school. Killing. So now Doug Christie's like, come play in a pro-am, which is like the Drew League there yeah. in L.A. I'm playing against Sean Kemp, Damon Stoudemire, Terrell Brown, Cliff Robinson, rest in peace. My first four games, I only get eight points. So I score like two points a game. Doug Christie rolls his ankle. They're like, just go. I'm like, just hoop. They're like, I was 30 the rest of the way. At that point, 
It was over. I was like, oh, it's, it's over. Show. What, what, it's over. It's standing over. room only when you showed up. Like, what was it like going in high school, playing? You know what I'm. You're like, I don't know, cause I, I, I don't. You disappeared. Like, yeah, dog, I never yeah. knew you ran away. All I yeah, know I is away. I, I was like, where's Jamal Crawford? Jamal Crawford was one at, of my right? favorite players, my favorite high school players, and I was like, damn, I was talking to that like that i found one you know what i mean like hey you yeah. all that shit i was like man this shit is about to go up i always yeah. wanted to play with you bro from when i saw oh you at God. dorsey in the watch summer games and then you disappeared now i know you left and you ran away yeah. what was it like your senior year in in, oh, in, in seattle please paint that environment for me dude i know it was crazy so, so, so. Imagine this, right? There's no social media. So everything is by word of mouth or you got to come out and see it. My name had grew so much. And the Sonics is here at the time. The Sonics is actually here in Seattle at the time. So my stuff, it went so crazy with the Sonics that now you got Gary Payton and Sean Kemp coming to my games. Boom, I may have been the third most popular player in all of Seattle behind Gary Payton. Yeah, Doug, that's what I'm saying. Like at Doug, that I'm... time. So, so it's, it's, it's standing room only. Gary Payton and those guys are coming to my games now. This is the glove, Gary Payton. Man, it's the this is they come to watch me in high school and waiting for me after the game. I'm like, oh, shit, this is crazy. Hey, dude, so J- Jason, T- J- Jason Terry state. said the same shit. He said... Gary Payton would come to his high school games and be on the sideline barking and talking shit like pumping him up. Was he doing the same thing to you? The same shit, bro. <laughs> like he's coming to the games, waiting for me after the game. So after my, my high school meeting, all that, like waiting for me. Like he cuffed me. And he's like, yo, do this, do this, come hang with me. I'm gonna show y'all. I'm like, what? This is the glove. Don't forget, both. Just two years ago, or a year or two before, I'm in LA and eligible. Right. You know what I'm saying? So this shit right. happened so fast, and now I'm the third most popular player. That's I was more popular than any of the college kids. Yep, yep, for I was sure. more popular than high school kids, and I was more popular than a lot of the Sonics. Yeah. I became the show. Yes. Like Ken Griffey Jr., Eric Metcalf, these dudes are coming to my high school game. Hell and you know what that's like. Man, you know what I'm come saying? on, like, so dude. Yeah. It, so I'm like, oh, shit. Standing room only. And when I'm playing, I'm trying not to let you down. I want you to have an experience. So people see all the shit I'm doing now in high school, or now, or in the what pros, I did in the But you were doing that in high school. Bro. Oh, no, nah, I was That's doing way I, worse. Shit. Yeah, Boom. you had. I got a video. Okay. I got a video, and I'm going to release it at some point. Fuck it, I'm going to tell you, my God. I'm going to release something called The Lost Crosses that I got when I was a kid, all the way up that people have never seen oh one of the players on there. I get the ball full court. Pressure's there. I'm going that way. I dribble up full court, my back to him. So he can get the ball walking backwards. Uh. I finally turn and face him at the three-point line. I throw it over my neck. I shoot it, and I start running the other way. I didn't watch it go in. Uh. The steps doing, I was doing that in 1998. And turning before the crowd lost. I got that on video. So there's so many plays that are like... They were like, even GP was like, it's a show. Like, it's a show. Point God is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit 
the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.